Also, there's a squirrel stuck in, like, the corner of our gutter, which is right by my window. Aww. And so Gigi, I think it can get out. I think it can get out. It's happened before, but it's just chilling. And Gigi has seen it. And so she's just sitting. She si- she's been in the same spot on the little windowsill for the last 15 minutes, just looking at it. She has not moved. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. One in need of the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan hakana. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Добро пожаловать в Ice Garden. Bienvenido al jardín. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This. This. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with Michelle J, who's singing? Humming? I'm still humming. What are you humming? But I don't actually know the name of the song. Isn't it just, um, all, isn't it just all I do is win? No, all I, all I do is win? All I do is win, win, Oh, it is! No matter what. I, yeah, I feel like that's, yeah. I didn't know that. Sometimes I think the name of songs aren't like just the chorus. So I get confused. I don't know. I feel like sometimes with music it's like 50-50 where like if it's, there's a really recognizable lyric, there's a 50% chance that that's just what the song is called and there's a 50% chance it's literally nothing to do with what the song is called. It's something you would never ever guess in a million years. Yeah. Um, you know that song, Turn Down For What? Do I know that song? <laughs> yes. I didn't know for the longest time that, that was the only line in the song. That's not the only line. Oh, it's 100% the only line. Bet me. I know for a fact there are other words in that song. Okay, there's two other lines in that there's song. There's not, yeah, there's not many lines in it, there's but there's a few. Oh, well, that's more than just the one. Fire up that loud, another round of shots, turn down for what? Hmm. Interesting. But the reason we're saying that is because the U.S. Uh, women's national team just won best game at the ESPYs. And so now we have that song stuck in our head because all they do is win. Also, there are some people with some truly horrendous outfits on the red carpet. Not the women's hockey team. Other athletes. I wasn't a huge fan of everybody's outfit on the team. I'm not going to lie. I definitely sat here and judged. I really enjoy Nicole Hensley's dress. Shoot, hold on, I have to pull the picture back up. Actually, I really like Maddie Rooney's dress. That is a dress I would buy. I like Kayla's. Yeah, that's a pretty color green. Um, Although, okay, if we're talking about worst dress, best dress, worst dress, Gigi Marvin, the ruffle on her dress, I am not a fan at all. Yeah. Just, no. Uh, also, not really a fan of Amanda Pelkey's. I don't hate it. I think... The, the picture that we're looking at, she's kind of crouched down. I think I need to see the whole dress. Yeah. It's kind of hard to see. She looks, like, weirdly informal compared to everybody else. A little bit. There's, like, a weird mix of, like, super, super dressy dresses and, like, black. Like, just plain black, like, yeah. dresses. And then some kind of, like, still fancy, but, like, a little more fun. And then, like, yeah, Pelkis is a little informal. I also really like Kendall Coins. Oh yeah, Kendall Coins is great. I could literally never pull it off. Hashtag stomach pillow. 
I was just gonna say the reason because she's it's like a two piece, so she's got like a white top and then like a black skirt, and there's like a little strip where you can just see like rock solid abs, and I'm like, you can only pull that off if you're in like incredible shape, and she and she yeah. is. Also, can we talk about how um, Sydney Morin is in like this just this boot? Like, yeah, everyone's in like these really nice heels, and she has like one nice shoe on, and then just a boot, a walking boot, a boot. A boot? Okay, we're not Canadian. I don't know why I did that. Oh, I also, I, I really like Kessel's dress. But we should, yes. I, it's actually really pretty. I, so the, um, the SBs posted, like, some 360 camera thing. And, like, uh, she was doing this, like, thing with it. And I was like, I 110% be doing that, too. What, what does mean? She was, like, spinning it. Okay. Like, it was blowing in the wind. Yes. Okay, I was a little... Well, but she was doing it. She was flipping it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what are you drinking tonight? Um, I am drinking some rosé that I got from Trader Joe's for when you were here, but we didn't end up drinking it because we drank everything else I had, or somebody (laughs) else had. Possibly to a detriment. Which is kind of the reason we couldn't record last night. We were just, it, it was storming really bad, and I think at that point we were also just kind of mentally exhausted and, like, wanted a break, and it was a good thing we decided not to record because we, otherwise we would have missed, like, the giant freaking news drop today. So, like, that worked out. Yes, that is very true. What are uh, you drinking? Oh, but this rosé, it's a little sweet, but it's fine. But I'm drinking a cider. It's called Wonderkind. Which is, hmm. the, which is the reason I bought it, because I liked the name. Um, it's like a Bantam, Modern American Cider Bantam. Uh, it's pretty good. It tastes like a pretty like a pretty generic cider. Um, Bantam is local. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think. I bought a new local uh, thing of wine. I can't remember what the name was, but it was like local to the Western Massachusetts area. Like, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. It wasn't my favorite. It's always great. It wasn't awful, but it was okay. I mean, like, I've had worse. I probably won't buy it again. It was cheap. I got you to drink beer this weekend. You got me to drink beer this weekend, and I actually liked it. I drank a lot of different beers, and I don't think there was one that I tasted that I hated. For the first time in my, like, probably entire life, I had a beer this weekend where I took a sip and didn't just go, oh, this isn't bad. I took a sip, and I was like, this is amazing, and I want more of it. Like... That is usually not my reaction when I drink a beer. It was a pink lemonade beer, so it was really, like, fruity, but it was amazing. I think it was a pink lemonade shandy. What is the, dif- what is Which the is, difference it, between it, a shandy? It is a, uh, still a beer, but it's, uh, I actually don't know what a shandy is, but that's how I knew you were going to like it more. <laughs> Okay, I'm Googling then, um, shandy. What is a shandy? Google? A beer mixed with a non-alcoholic drink, typically lemonade. Yeah. There we go. So. So it was a beer that's, like, kind of not a beer, which is probably why I liked it. Four and a half percent, which isn't bad. (laughs) That's nothing. But let's jump into the hockey news because we do have a lot to talk about, Um, as as we do every week, honestly. We, like, skipped the one week. Except for last week. And we skipped the one week because we were like, nothing really happened. And then everything else happened. And we were like, well, this is why we take the week off. Because 
that doesn't happen very often. There's usually always something going on. Um, so, the big news from today, and, like, one of the biggest news drops of the summer, uh, came out of the CWHL, which announced today that Brenda Andrus is stepping down as the league commissioner, uh, as of July 31st. So, she's gonna finish out the month of July, and then she will no longer be the CWHL commissioner. They didn't have a specific date when they're gonna announce her replacement. They did say soon, um, so I'm assuming before the season starts. I'm guessing they probably are in the process of hiring somebody already, um, and that maybe with her waiting until the end of July to retire that we'll hear near the end of the month who her replacement is going to be. But it's a big deal just because Brenda has been with the league since literally the beginning. Like, the CWHL is 12 years old, and she has been the commissioner since day one. Um, When the old NWHL and WWHL were still in existence before the C-Dub. She was referee there. She's played hockey. She's managed it now with the C-Dub and been the commissioner. She's done basically everything at a variety of different levels. So, and she's just, she's been with the league for so long. She knew it inside and out. Like, I think she's going to be someone who's a difficult person to replace. Oh, 100%. But in the two pro hockey leagues in North America, like, we have two very different commissioners. Danny is, like, super young, in her 30s, I think, um, and it's kind of just getting started in, um, not just getting started in pro women's hockey, but, like, she played, and now she's the commissioner of this league, but, like, her experience is less, I guess, than Brenda, who has, like, is significantly older, has been involved in women's hockey for a long time, has been involved in the CWHL for a long time. So her retiring wasn't a huge shock. And so, like, and I think there's some people who will be happy to see Brenda go. Um, because I think before the NWHL got around, some of the complaints, and still now, some of the complaints of the CWHL were that, like, it wasn't evolving fast enough. And that when the NWHL came around, it kind of forced the CWHL to step up and compete with them. Which, to Brenda and the league's credit, I think they did. So... Depending on who's going to replace her, the the league hasn't known anyone besides Brenda. So it's, I think, going to be definitely a transition for them to to figure out what what direction they want to go. And I think it's it's the fact that Brenda has been the only commissioner in the history of the CWHL is kind of a huge deal, mm-hmm. um, especially... At, to me, the timing is a little strange. She's, by by and large, the person that brought the Chinese teams, or now team, into the league. Um, and so to see her leaving, to me, after only one season, is a little strange. Like, you wouldn't, especially since, and we'll get to this later, they just um, contracted into, down to one Chinese team. Mm-hmm. But I would have thought you would have seen her stay for one more season or, like, until the end of the Chinese contract. Um, Because I feel like you typically see people leave after, like, milestone years. Like, they leave before season 11, not after season 11. Mm -hmm. I do agree that it's kind of unusual. Does she have a Wikipedia page? I don't know how old she is. I want to say she's maybe in her 70s. Um. Well, like, I kind of think that Brenda might have retired earlier if the NWHL hadn't popped up because, like, 
then that was like a major thing where even though the the two leagues are in different countries like they are still a professional women's hockey league kind of competing against the other and so like staying involved with that is something that I think Brenda maybe wanted to do that with the China thing like if she had stayed till the end of that contract that's another three years that's like kind of a long time yeah and and we don't know how long Brenda has been thinking about retiring but if it's something that she's tried to do before and then decided to stay like that's a long time to stay and see that through so and like she was there for a year so she was able to like help it kind of like get started and then well then maybe be able to help whoever her successor is like explain what's going on with that and help make that transition smoother because she's done that yeah <sighs> it's definitely jar not jarring surprising it was always going to be surprising though like i don't think anyone really saw it coming yeah like uh, like it's not shocking but like it's unexpected yeah unexpected that's probably better who do you think is going to replace her? Well, I would say Sammy Joe Small, except for Sammy Joe Small just took the Furies GM job. Ugh. Sorry. Cassie Campbell did just step down from the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say I'm going to throw her name into the into the hopper. Uh, Jennifer. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm debating everything I know about my you, life. You can do it. Jennifer Botterill? Yes! You got it. Yes, I'm the best. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, I could see her stepping into a role such yeah. as the CWHL commissioner. With Cassie, mm. Cassie's an interesting one because, like, she just stepped down from the board. So I don't know if that's something where, like, she stepped down because she didn't have enough time to devote to it or because she didn't want to. So, like, if she then suddenly came back and was the commissioner, like... That might surprise me a little bit, but I think she'd be good at it. Oh, yeah. Um, do you want... This is something that I've been thinking about today, is that I'm I'm a little torn between whether I want somebody who has been with the CWHL for a long time. Because there are a lot of, like, former players or coaches or GMs who have been, like, involved in the league. A lot of times when the CWHL needs to hire somebody, they promote from within. Like, they promote yeah. up. Like, with Sammy Joe and the um, the Furies GM job. Like, she was a player. She knows the team really well. So now she's the GM. And, like, Rebecca Michael was like that. Uh, Kristen Hag was like that with the Inferno. Ooh, um, I could see her. Me too. Oh, I think, honestly, like... Kristen Hag, Meg Hewings from Montreal. Oh, Meg would be good, too. I yes. think a lot of the GMs who have been around for a while would be super good. Like, honestly, Montreal has a lot of people that I think would be good. Just because, like, that is literally the best-run organization, the CWHL. Like, the yeah. the Montreal like, Canadian do, like, just freaking amazing jobs. So, like, Meg is somebody who I think would be good. Lisa Marie Breton LaRue. Um, who's, sure. She's an assistant coach for them, but she was also one of the league founders. And she's been in the CW forever. And, like, she, I think, we don't we don't talk about her a lot, but I got to talk to her before the Clarkson Cup mm, three years ago. And I think she's somebody who, you know, has been around a while and would be, would do a good job. Like, so, and a lot of people from Montreal. But I'm torn between whether I want somebody who's been involved with the league a long time and knows it really well, or somebody who's coming in with, like, fresh eyes who is knowledgeable about women's hockey but has not been 
in the CWHL for a super long time and thinks this is the way that we've done things. This is the way it needs to be. Because I think maybe having someone come in and maybe like try and do something different wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. And I'm just, I'm split because I want somebody who knows about the league, but I kind of want somebody new. It's one of those like six and one half dozen and other things because that is one of the biggest things about Brenda was that everybody was like, Brenda's so old school and fresh blood, blah, blah, blah. And while you can still have fresh blood coming in, does maybe the CWHL need like a whole new fresh eyes? Someone that even fresher than Cassie Campbell? Um, I don't really know. For me, I think the, the biggest thing is that I still want somebody who, even if they haven't been working in the league, knows the league and knows women's hockey. I don't just want oh, somebody yeah. who comes in who just doesn't have any idea of what's going on, which I think is going to be a requirement. But also somebody who, like, knows how the business side of this works, knows how to get spart- sponsorships, knows. Because Brenda, mm-hmm. that's what, like, and Brenda was good at that. Like, they did yeah, oh, yeah. a good job at, like, getting, like, the Sportsnet deal, which is it now expired and needs to be renewed if they're going to do that, um, which is going to be probably a big thing for the new commissioner and whoever else in that office is involved. Like, and the, the China thing is a big thing to handle. Like there, whoever steps into this role, they're going to have a lot on their plate. And I want somebody who like knows how to deal with that shit. Yeah. I think women's hockey is kind of interesting to me in that, um, the commissioner may not, act as like kind of your traditional commissioner mm-hmm. a la like Gary Bettman just because the, the teams are run so differently and the league is run so differently it almost feels like um, the commissioner's role is outreach and sponsorships and donor relations over your more traditional commissioner role um, so it'd be interesting to see someone come in from a collegiate level or a yeah. sports level that has a lot of experience in uh, securing donors and sponsors and working with that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting. I hope we get an announcement before the end of July because I hope they have someone who's able to like just step in August one and, and get rolling. But yeah, we don't we don't have a specific date yet, so we shall see. Um. Also related to this, so after this announcement was this morning at around 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, the NWHL put out a statement from Danny Ryland uh, about Brenda's, like, retiring from the commissioner role. And so I wanted to read what they said and then kind of talk about it. So the statement the NW put out says... Brenda Andrus is a champion of women's hockey, a pioneer who created an enormous legacy in the game we care so deeply about. On a personal level, Brenda has been a great friend and confidant. Over the last year, we have met regularly to discuss the best path for the future of professional women's hockey in North America. While I look forward to continuing positive discussions with her successor, everyone at the NWHL joins me in congratulating Brenda on her work in building the CWHL and starting the She Is initiative. We wish Brenda the best of everything in her next chapter. There is, like, one line. Well, there's a couple lines. That there's like, a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So, I I appreciate that they took the time to recognize what Brenda has done in her career. Because it was, like, Brenda has done a lot. She's been involved in women's hockey for a long time. 
the NWHL has generally been pretty good at saying our mission is like promoting the growth of women's hockey in general and that includes what the CWHL is doing and like after a couple communications changes the CWHL has been like that too um so good start there um the the fact that Brenda has been a great friend and confidant line yeah, I'm like what that one kills me I'm like when, when, where? Show me the receipts. I've never seen any evidence that Brenda and Danny have been great friends and confidence, quote unquote. Like, okay. Okay, but getting me on that meeting. Yeah, let's let's just let's just talk about the line. Over the last year, we have met regularly to discuss the best path for the future of professional women's hockey in North America. Why? I we got like a little bit of this with Wickenheiser. Like, a little bit with these quotes, but Danny's just coming right out and, like, talk. Like, why is this the first time we're hearing about this from the NWHL? If this has been happening over the past year, and also, nothing has changed, why are we hearing about this now? And what well, what was the purpose of putting that in a press release that was supposed to acknowledge Brenda Andrus's accomplishments? Why? It's all one big PR game. We know that. I mean, yeah... But, like, over the last year, we have met regularly to discuss the best path for the future of professional women's hockey in North America, while I look forward to continuing positive discussions with her successor. Like, they just throw that in there. It has nothing to do with Brenda retiring. It has nothing. It has no place in this statement. It's a completely different press release. It doesn't need to oh, be in Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it also doesn't surprise me that it's in there. No, it doesn't. I I want to talk, I want to ask Danny more about this now that we've got, like, something actually out in a press release. But I'm kind of peeved about how it, like, kind of swung away from, like, Brenda's retiring. Like, I get, like, I, it's, I'm just a little frustrated by the whole thing. It's, it's not terrible, but I'm frustrated by it. It's definitely frustrating, and I don't think it's the first time that, in recent months that we've been frustrated by how one league handles something happening in another league or even in its own league. Like, do you remember when the CWHL, when Jessica Platt came out, they were like the premier league. Yeah. That was not handled. Well, it's just super annoying when, even when we should be celebrating Brenda's almost 12 years, probably 12 years of service to women's hockey. Not saying everything she did was perfect and great and incredible and Brenda deserves to be, like, on a plaque. Though that does bring me to something I wanted to ask you. Um, But it's not the right time to be like, LOL, guess what? And change the conversation. Like, honor Brenda because she, she did do a lot for women's hockey. I mean, just looking at where the CWHL... Wow where the CWHL is now as compared to 12 years, um, they've made giant strides. I mean, they're in three countries, two continents, three countries. Um, They pay players for the first time. Mm -hmm. It may have taken a little longer than they wanted it to, but they got it done. Um, They've partnered with NHL teams. They've played in NHL arenas. They've started... uh, they have a pretty successful 
high draft rate or high draft retaining rate. I don't know how to say that best. The players they draft stay in the league and go to the teams. Uh, she started the All-Star game. The sports nut deal. The sports nut deal. Brenda's been great for the league. And, um, yeah, it was just not not a good look on the end of. Yeah, timing. the timing was bad. But it's it's already it's out there. It's done. So what were you what was the other thing you wanted to ask? Actually, I had a question, but I'm interested to see if it's the same one you have. Do you think Brenda goes into the hall? That was the question I had. We're so on top of it. Same brains. Oh, same brain. What? I bra- brain wavelength. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Um I think hmm. I think she should. But it's it's like if you put Brenda in the hall, I think there are other people who deserve to go in there too. I also think it kind of depends on how Brenda stays involved in the sport after the fact. Like if she stays involved in women's hockey at all or not. Like do we see her maybe with the IAHF in some capacity? Mm. Like does she do something with Hockey Canada? Like mm. is this just her retiring from the CWHL or is she trying to take a step back from women's hockey? Because she's got like this new She Is initiative that she's doing which is, like, her involved with a lot of other women's sports commissioners. Um, I also kind of think it depends on what happens to the CWHL. Because if you put her in the hall for creating the CWHL, like, there are a lot of women's hockey leagues that exist, and then a lot of women's commissioners that should probably go in the Hall of Fame, like, in other countries. But, like, with the former NWHL, that doesn't exist anymore. The WWHL, that doesn't exist anymore. So if the CWHL eventually doesn't exist anymore like does that change how we remember Brenda's legacy I don't think it should because the CWHL has turned into something like very legitimate very professional and can it improve yes but is it something I think that should be recognized also yes so I I think she should go in as a builder I think it might take a little bit he's gonna say that next well I don't see what else she goes in as you yeah. can go in as a, as a player, as a builder, as a referee. Like, to me, Brenda's biggest contributions are as a builder. Oh, yeah. In, in my opinion, I think eventually she goes in. Mm-hmm. Whether it takes a little while. And I see what you mean about other commissioners needing to go in then, too. But I think right now, Brenda's legacy, as a, in present day, like, in a slight vacuum... And kind of leaning towards a North American outlook on it. Yeah. I think Brenda has done a lot for the game. Whether you think that's all positive or negative is one thing. But I think they by having two leagues, they forced each other to grow. Yes. They forced each other to do certain things. And um, Brenda easily could have taken all of that stuff that happened with the NWHL, which I know is minimizing it the tiniest bit, but um, and just not waited for them to fold instead of continuing to press on with the with the CWHL. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But she didn't, and I think she made the CWHL better and women's hockey better, and for that, I think she should go in because in my mind right now, there's no other commissioner or out there that's done as much as she has this is kind of turning into like a hall of fame discussion and a little bit away from brenda but while we're on the subject 
And I know this is, like, still very new. Does Danny Ryland go in? Honestly, I think it depends on how long Danny and the NWHL last. Mm-hmm. And what they do in the next few years. And I'm not saying, like, if they merge in the next before in the next 10 years or in the next five years that um danny doesn't deserve to go in because she wasn't a commissioner as long but i think it'll really depend on what else the nwhl can do how it handles expansion because brenda expanded the seat brenda expanded the cwhl to calgary boston Mm -hmm. china and while there was contraction and, like, a couple of teams folded in there and teams absorbed each other or changed names. I mean, th- that happens in a yeah. league, though. Like, that's normal. Exactly. Exactly. That's so normal and that's so um, to be expected. Like, looking at the N- uh, WNBA, that happens, like, every other year for at one point. Well, and, like, and not even just women's sports. Like, that yeah. happens in the AHL all the time. And, like, in yeah. the NHL has moved teams before. Like, it's it's normal. So does Danny get in? I think it depends on what happens in the next five years of yeah. women's hockey and the NWHL. Brenda's got a little bit more of a legacy that speaks for itself. Danny's still relatively new to the scene. The the reason yeah. I ask is because you talk about like what Brenda has brought to women's hockey. Danny was technically the first commissioner to pay players. Was it handled the best way? No. Did they have to cut player salaries? Yes. But were they still the first league to pay its players a semi, I don't want to say a livable wage, but like a salary, a a salary, a stipend, a stipend, a salary. Yes, they were. Um, But I think I I agree with what you're saying that we, we need more time to see what happens, to see what she does. Do you think, okay, in your mind, let's say the NWHL, doesn't expand past these five teams. I mean, I know the CWHL for the longest time only had five teams. Would does Danny go in? Because if, in, I I don't think expansion is necessarily like a defining factor of whether you get in or not. I think for me, I'm going to be paying attention to like are the players getting paid more? Are the conditions of living improving for the players? Like, are we eventually able to like fly? teams instead of making them go on eight-hour bus rides are they able to get paid more where they can quit their second jobs are they able to get regular ice time do we stop moving rinks hello connecticut whale every season because you can't have a consistent home base like are the conditions for the players getting better are you able to pay them more are you also like beyond just the league what else are you contributing to the game of women's hockey like does danny like like, she's involved in the She Is Initiative, too. So, like, that's a thing. Like, what else do you do? Do do they get, does the NWHL get a TV deal? They have the Twitter deal, so that's something to, like, consider. Do they get a TV deal? Like, what else are you doing? Expansion, I think, is just one piece of that. I guess I meant not necessarily, expansion was probably too easy of a word. I probably think I meant more growth, which is what you were talking about. Yeah. Like, which, how does the league grow and the teams grow? and mm-hmm. um one thing that I think Brenda has a leg up on is that, yes, the N- uh, the CWHL came out of the original end of and the original WWHL, but Brenda was kind of starting from scratch. Yes. Where Danny at least had models to work off of. 
I think Brenda had... Whether she stole that model or not, (laughs) it's a different story, but... Brenda had, like, other models, but they were models that weren't... That hadn't been successful. Mm -hmm. They hadn't lasted long enough to be, like, something... Like, the CWHL has really had to forge its own path for a while. If, if If you're looking at North American models. Like, I know... Meredith Foster was talking on Twitter today about how the Nastin Liga has been around since the 80s. Or, or like, pro hockey in Finland has been around since the 80s. But, like, again, de- depending on how those models work, and in North America, like, the NWHL, the WWHL, whatever existed before that, they didn't last. So, mm-hmm. the fact that the CWHL has lasted for 12 years, the the league has had to basically like you said, do everything themselves, forge their own path. And the NWHL has kind of modeled that when they came onto the scene. And I think to me, that's an important distinction in where, in how Brenda's legacy will be remembered. Um, in the ho- the hockey writers had an interview with her, like pretty much the first one. I'm not sure if it broke the news or not. Um, I don't think it broke it, but it was the first like interview that came out. Yeah, they had a line in it that Brenda took the CWHL from a mom-and-pop kitchen table organization to, to borrow their phrase, a premier women's hockey league in the world. Full disclosure, Ken Campbell wrote this article, and I'm not a fan. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of him, and he tends to just drop in women's hockey when it's convenient for them, when it's, like, big news, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Like, yeah. he came to the Clarkson Cup, stirred shit up, and left. Like, so I'm not super thrilled that he was the one who got this story. Something interesting at the tail end of this story is talking about uh, other people who have left the league recently. So, like, Brenda Andrus is retiring. Uh, Cassie Campbell Pascal left her position as governor, which isn't news. Brian Burke left. Arlene Dickinson left as governors. Um, Michael Bartlett and Sandy Treleving have resigned as league governors in the past 11 months. Uh, Mike McCarran resigned as the league director. And Jill McCutcheon left after her term expired. And a Peter Zukow informed the league that he will not be seeking a new term when his term ends next month. And then, full disclosure, W. Graham Rooston, I don't know how to say his name, who owns the Hockey News, is the only remaining governor of the CWHL. Uh, And he did not comment. Which, like, that was something I didn't know and was interesting to me. Um, Yeah. Like, going and looking at the CWHL site after that, like, there are other people who are still involved, like, Go- governor isn't the only title that exists in the CWHL. I'm trying to pull up the page right now so I can see. There's, like, a director who's still involved. Mm, give me a hot second. There's Laura Walzak is the chair of the board. Allison Fox is a director. Art Mont- Menarn is a director. Vicky Sonohara is a director. So, like, there are a lot of people who are still involved. It's But what was interesting to me is that there are a lot of people left. And so I'm interested to see when they're going to replace them and who's going to replace them if they do get new people, which I think they should. We don't really know what the governors do. They just kind of exist. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, what do they do? We don't really know. It's interesting that, you know, the, the governors are kind of clearing out, for lack of a better word, at the same time that Brenda is. 
It's almost like this giant changing of the guard. That really is what this is. Like, I don't know, and I don't know how long some of these governors have been involved, but, like, Brenda has been around forever, Brian Burke's been around for a bit, uh, Cass Campbell has been around for a bit. Like, it's going to be interesting to see who they choose to replace, because it is... Which, like, this was going to happen eventually. Like, people retire or don't want to continue their, like, things. Like, this is normal, but... The CWHL is young enough to where it hasn't happened, I think, to this kind of degree yet, particularly with Brenda leaving and that being, like, the most prominent thing that's happening. So maybe they, I don't know. We'll see what the new commissioner decides. Should we move on to the other uh, CWHL news? I think so. I think we've talked this, we've talked about this for enough. Yes. Um, Good discussion, though. It it was, yeah. So the other CWHL news is that Vanky, which is uh, the Vanky Rays, uh, is going to be contracted into KRS this year. The league announced that uh, earlier this week or last week, recently. Um, earlier this week. Earlier this week. So there's only going to be one expansion team in China this season. And, like, it was done for, I think, a variety of reasons, one of them being... That hopefully it will make travel easier for the teams, and that they don't they have to go and just play one team instead of two. Um, hopefully, uh, more rest days was something that was cited in the press release as something that was going to benefit players in general. Um, kind of to like take a step back and kind of see the the big picture with this. So, the CWHL draft rules went up. And there was a typo in there saying that there was only going to be six teams, one team in China. Which, last year, when this when KRS was announced, there was only supposed to be one team. And then Vanky kind of appeared out of nowhere. And so, when we asked the league for comment, they said that no, it was a typo. There were going to be two teams this year. Uh, Vanky and Conlin were going to exist. And then, earlier this week, the league announced that they were going to be contracted. That there was only going to be one. Before that had happened... UBC, the Thunderbirds, a college team, had released a press release saying that they were going to be playing two teams from China, which we assumed were Vanky and Conlon, except there was a line in there that said that both teams, there were going to be the Conlon Red Star and a new team, also from Shenzhen, that wasn't named, that was going to be playing. So that was something that was a little bit unusual. And then a press release, which Pension Plan Puppets picked up on, and then a press release on a Chinese, the Chinese Kunlin website said that there will still be two teams, but Vanky is going to be contracted into KRS, and the other team is going to focus on development and, like, players getting ice time and, and being able to. So if you're not playing on the main team, you'll be playing on the secondary team that's going to be able to practice and develop and train players more. And that's what you missed on Glee. Like, there's a lot with this. Digit Murphy mentioned last year when she was still coaching uh, KRS that one of the issues with the teams that they had was that they lived in the same dormitories together, but they weren't necessarily always training together um, with the Chinese national team. So Kunlin and Vanky were playing, were doing separate stuff. And so when you're trying to, like, not only coach a pro team, also, like, try and get your national team on the same page. 
that's difficult to do when you're training two separate teams. So I think in that regard, having everybody in Shenzhen is going to make it better for trying to make a more cohesive group for Team China. It, on one hand, it makes sense. Like, one of the major problems with the Chinese teams last year was that the Chinese national team players weren't getting any playing time. Which I think is still going to be a problem this year. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, with the second team focused directly on them, not a CWHL team, not a team that um, has international players on it, the imports on it, does that mean they get more actual game experience and aren't playing, like, one or two minutes? Here's the thing. We don't actually know what the second team, who they're going to play. Like we know, true. we know they're gonna exist. We don't know who's gonna coach them. We don't know what their schedule is. We don't know. I'm like, like the thing, the thing that we've talked about before too with Team China is that like, I don't. They're not at a level where they can compete with most players in the CWHL yet. They're just they're not, and they're not getting a lot of ice time in on the teams that have been playing in the CW. If the CW, if the if Team China wants to place at the Olympics. They're going to need import players who get Chinese citizenship and can play, like Jessica Wong, like um, um, like if Rachel Lanes decides mm-hmm. to come back, which we don't have the answer to yet. Like there are a few Chinese national players who are have played at the collegiate level and are at a significantly more advanced point in their career than other Chinese players, but they haven't. You mean gotten... the heritage players? Yes, yes, exactly. My bad. Um, but we, they weren't able to compete for Team China last year at, at the World Championships. So if they could Because do, they don't have Chinese citizenship. Right. So, like, that's an issue. And, like, is this going to help the team's development as a whole? Hopefully, if they get more ice time, yes. But, like, there are still a lot of questions about how this team's going to be managed and who they're going to play and the, what their schedule is that we don't know yet. And, like, assuming that the rules stay in place for the international players that teams are still allowed like a, a six and a goalie and we know a few of them that are going to come back five and five and a goalie right five and well the goalies don't count right you could you could technically have as many goalies as you want but so far krs the international players who have signed that we know so far are Nora ratu alex carpenter is coming back Stephanie Anderson is coming back. Kaylee Mercer, Hannah Bunton, and Emma oh, Woods yeah. have all yeah. been signed for next season. And those are the five that'll count towards the six international players they can have. Right. So technically, there's one more spot still open, not including if another goalie wants to come. Yes. Um, and then the Heritage players who... The Heritage players who have re-signed, or who we know are going are to come back, Maddie Wu is signed, Leah Loom, which was a recent, she's a defender, and Rose Oliva has signed. Leah, Leah Loom is um, their second pre-sign. Okay. Is Rose their first? Because that's a name no, I, I don't recognize. Kimberly Newell is. Has Rose been announced? That's not a name that I recognize. She was with the Whitecaps in fifteen sixteen. Oh, okay. She, oh, she no, she was with Banky last season. 
What? Seriously? Don't remember her at all. Neither do I. She played in every game. What? So. <laughs> Whoops. I remember her. I remember her on the white caps. I don't remember her on Banky. So that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, there's only going to be one China team, which I think, like, also depending on how we don't know what the, how this is going to impact the schedule. We don't know how they're going to change the, um, or if they're going to change like the trips that teams make to China. Like if they're going to make them shorter, or if they're going to keep them the same length but give them more time to like rest and like get acclimated to being across the world before you actually play a game. Like, there are a few different ways that this could go, and we don't have any of the details yet. We just know that there's only going to be KRS this season. Mm -hmm. that, that is going to compete in the CWHL. This other, this other Chinese team is going to exist, but again, we don't have any details on it. Big surprise. Yeah, what else is new, right? So that's a thing. Michelle, do you want to talk about, um, so kind of going out of our usual discussion zone and talking about the AWIHL. Oh, um, shit. You've got the press release. They announced an expansion team, too, recently. Um, I was supposed to send that to you. The Perth Inferno with a logo that is basically identical to the Calgary Inferno's logo. It is, uh... similar. They're, it's the same. It's the same thing. Which I think, I thought we earlier they were talking about maybe being a sister team. Why haven't we haven't heard anything about that? I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, I don't think it is. The press release says zero about the CWHL or being a partnership. Yeah. Um, but yes, they have expanded to Perth, which my knowledge of geography in the U.S. isn't strong enough to know this, so how would I have known this without the press release? But that's in Western Australia, which is pretty cool. So it's the like, farthest expansion team they have. There's now a team in each Australian state, and it is their... One, two, three, four, there are five teams. The Perth Inferno, the Adelaide Rush, the Brisbane Goannas, the Sydney Sirens, and the Melbourne Ice. You know what? What I didn't realize is that the AWHL also came into existence in 2007, which is the same year the C-Dub started. Huh. Oh, yeah, that would have been, yeah. Although I think, I don't know if that means it's, like, in the 2007-2008 season. I think the CWHL was 2006-2007. I'm not 100% sure. Perth is really far. So, like, my first question with this is, like, how are you going to, like... That's a far trip. That's expa yeah. expanding. There is a commitment. You got to invest in getting your other teams there and getting Perth's travel squared away and all that shit. I'm pulling up a map of Australia. A map of Australia. I don't Welcome. know why I said it like that. Welcome back to the portion of the podcast where we look maps up. It's map time with Hannah and Michelle. Not to be confused with nap time. <laughs> oh, sorry, Gigi. Wow, Gigi, I know I'm so funny. Thanks for laughing at my jokes. She was done. She was sitting on my lap, and then she was done. Um, okay, Perth. Perth, I li you literally can't get... You could get maybe, like, a little bit further west, but, like, not by much. And everything, like... And Sydney and Brisbane and Melbourne 
are all very like I cannot stress how far apart these teams are. Like kind of crazy. Australia is and Australia is a big country. Like it's a lot like I think it's going to be similar to what like Boston and Calgary have to do to travel like which is know. rough. Yeah, it's brutal. This is an interesting expansion. Um I'm glad that Perth's getting a team that like we're actually getting some a team in Western Australia. Yeah, it's the first expansion they've had. Really, I don't think I knew yes. that. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's some cool news. Also, that happened this week. Um, do we want to move to? Is there anything else you want to add, or anything else we need to discuss before we move Stump on? Stump piano. Stump piano. Stump piano. Let's stump Hannah. Go, go for it. I don't have a question this week. Oh, I got two. Oh, shit. This one comes from Matt Falconberry. Mm-hmm. At Matt FPXP on Twitter. Wait a minute. He, I do have a question this week. Continue yours. I do have one. He asks, Name the player in the NWHL who has played the most games in league history without scoring a goal. In the NWHL? Yes. You know what sucks? I probably knew this answer if it was the CWHL because of Jackie Peary. <laughs> she took like a hundred games to get her first goal. But NWHL. Defender or forward? Probably a defender. I'm going to need some hints. I'm not going to be able to just get this one, like, off the bat. Like, I need a team that they play. I need to know if they're still in the league. I need to know they're, what, if they're a forward or a defender. Do goalies count? Goalies do not count. Okay. <laughs> I figured. She's played on two teams. Okay. She's a defender. What is her most recent team? Uh, I'm not telling that. Ah. Okay, you don't have to tell me her most recent team. Can you tell me the two teams she's... Well, that's probably going to give me more information. That's also... Somehow... Yeah, somehow gives you more information than it did. Ah, she's a defender. She's played on two teams. So she has to have scored one goal. I gotta pull up some rosters. Is she still playing? Can you tell me You can't pull up a roster. I don't know. There's a lot of teams and there's a lot of players I don't remember what their positions are. Okay, hold on. Let me look up one more thing. She, uh, she has not been announced as coming back yet. But she played last year. Correct. She's played in three seasons. This is hard. Aww. Okay, Poor shut. Hannah. Shut up. This is hard. Shut up. Okay. You can't do it. Paige Harrington? Damn. Did yeah. I get it? Woo! I would like to thank the Boston Pride for being the first player roster that popped up. Hell yeah. How many games? 48. Holy shit. I know, right? Poor Paige. At least she got one, though. Does she have one? Does she still not have a goal? Oh, no. I thought you meant until she scored one. Does she still not have one? GG, not now. <laughs> Gigi's like, why are you being so loud? She's like, shut up. No, she, she doesn't. 
doesn't doesn't have one ever at all. That's really sad. Oh no, poor Paige. She has six assists. Oh, it's actually forty nine games. Oh shit. Hashtag get Paige Harrington a goal. Two K eighteen. GG. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna open another window. Okay, I have one that I forgot about. I have another one. I well, have another one. It's my turn to go. Oh yeah. You can still right. do. Your, you can still do your thing. Mama, let me go. This is this is similar. This is from Matt Smitha, uh, at Drake Smith, twelve on Twitter, and it's similar to your question from two weeks ago or last week. Um, but I'm gonna go with the easier version of it. How many Canadians have played for the Connecticut Whale? Uh, um, definitely Kelly Kaylee Fratkin. So I'm at one. You're off to a good start. I'm off to a better start than you were. Okay. Miss is Kelly Stedman Canadian? We don't want we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that ever again. <laughs> you should know at least one other player. Oh, so there's more than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least more than one. At least more than two. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with five. More. Really? Mm-hmm. Like a sing- single or double digit? Like a lot more. What? This this oh, is Oh Kelly Babstock, I forgot. There you media. go. That's the other one you needed to know. This is this is all three seasons. It's not just last year. It's over the course of the team's history. Twelve. Yeah. Who are the other ten? So Fracken and Babstock, uh Doyle. Oh. Jamie Leonoff. Oh. Uh, Sydney Rossler. Oh. Costa. Connery. Billick. Greco. Tomi Moto. Frykus. Who I've never heard of. And did I did I say Doyle? Yeah. Yeah. That's Damn, so that's like the first five or six people you named. I was like, they're not Canadian, are they? They're not. That's the thing. Is like I'm just like when I when like and this was what happened when you did your question last week. You'd say the names and I'd be like, well, duh. Like how did I not remember that? But like, it's it's hard. But yeah, twelve of them. Damn, that's a lot. I know. And like that, like you would expect Canadians to play for like Buffalo, but like that's a lot for Connecticut. Yeah. Anyways, what is your other one? Okay. Our other one comes from comes from um, Lainey at E.G. and then her last name that I can't say. Um, how many Patty Cas winners and finalists, so like the top three, were on the last Olympic team, team for U- Team USA? Team USA. Okay, I can maybe figure this one out. Okay. So, so. They don't have to have won. They just have to have been the, a finalist. Yes. Okay. Falzer, I know. I think Bozek. Duggan won. Decker. I want to say both Lambs have been nominated. I think Gigi Marvin. I know Hannah Brandt. Hillary Knight has to have been in the top three. I know she didn't won, but she's got to have been in the top three. So that's nine. Cameron Easy. Carpenter. That's 11. Coin won. Kessel, Rigsby, I think. 
God, probably a shitload. Pelkey, I don't know. Did I say Bellamy? I'm gonna say 15. You're gonna say 15? Yeah. Am I close? It's 14, actually. Oh my god, I had it right! God, did I get- Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you have the names? No. Damn it. Damn it, I had it! I thought I was missing someone. God damn it. I bet I met- Damn it. I'm pretty impressed, though, that I was able to remember that many. That Yeah, because we've only looked at the Patty Kaz Award winners- here like a hundred times pretty much like every episode we end yeah. up like detouring onto the patty cast site uh that's funny man i should have trust myself that's that's what i gotta do i just gotta trust myself more next time i had it i just had to gotta stick with my gut um okay do we want to go to start bench cut before we do yes. my we had a good one this week and i'm pretty sure i already know what my answer is but i already know what your answer is <laughs> yeah you know how i'm gonna answer this question um, wait, this was from Matt Smith again, who's becoming our go-to for these questions. Who, becoming, who already is our go-to for these questions. Uh, start bench cut. Megan Bozek, Kelly Stedman, Blake Bolden. I know I'm going to start Kelly Stedman. Like, that is a non-negotiable for me. Uh, obviously. For me, just on a personal note. I'm a little, I'm a little not sure about Bozek and Bolden. Um, I, yeah, thought I did, and now I don't. What did you, what were you thinking first? Bench, Bozak, cut. Are you starting Stedman, too? Bolden. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I feel like it's... you would get really mad at me if I didn't. We, well, this, that's kind of part of this segment, though. We just get mad at each other a lot. Like That's true. We bench, like, Haley Wickenheiser and Marie Philippe Poulin, like, because I love them both. They're both good players. Like, Bolden should be on a U.S. national team roster. Bozak shouldn't have been cut from the Olympics. They're both pretty experienced. No, I'm going to start Bozak. I'm going to bench Stedman and cut uh, Bolden. Damn. Okay. I'm going to start Stedman. I'm going to bench Bolden. I'm going to cut Bozek. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was hard. I'm like, I don't want to cut Bozek again. But like... Yeah. Let's try and get at least one mailbag question. But we got a few good ones. We did. Um, Daisy on the ice said... <laughs> We had to do this one. If either of you were offered the position of CWHL commissioner, would you accept? And if so, what would be your long-term vision for the future? No. I would See, not. Where I am right now in my life, heck no, I would not. But, like, maybe in five years, then it would be really fun, too. I think if we had a little bit more, like, this is just for me personally. I am 24 years old. I could not be the commissioner of a professional women's hockey league at this point in my life. No freaking way. Like, kudos, I guess, to Danny Ryland, who freaking started her own league at, like, 28. Like, I can barely, like, grocery shop for myself. I can't run a professional women's <laughs> hockey league. <laughs> like, no. Like, yeah, I would. Ten years yeah. from now? Maybe. Yeah, give me, like, five years. Then come back. 
But like, I think I we think should... it'd be really fun too. I do too. But I do. Th- I think we should answer like, what would be? I'm gonna tweak this a little bit. Like your long term vision for the future. Like if you were commissioner, what's the first thing you would do? Wendley. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what would be the one thing I would do is. Or I guess, or I guess, what is your long-term vision for the future? Like, what would you want to accomplish? Paid players a livable wage, paid staff a livable wage, actually have stability in women's hockey. I think that's my big one, too. Like, get to a point where not only can the players quit second jobs, staff can. Yeah. Fully, fully paid front Excuse office, me. fully paid players, no second jobs. Probably a like a big TV deal, TV or social media, Ooh, yeah. like, like the Twitter deal that the end up ha- the end up has like, and a, and a TV deal, a global TV deal. Like with the CW, it was just Sportsnet. So if you were out of Canada, you were out of luck. With the yeah. the like the NHL Network stuff, if you're not in the US, you're out of luck. Like yeah, a, a deal that anyone ESPN can watch. three, yeah. Like so some... maybe at this point they'll have ESPN eat the Ocho, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good question. I liked that one. That one was fun. Um, Tanner Wilson at TEXSR underscore Tanner1 uh, asked, should there be an IIHF U20 Women's World Championship considering the growth of the U18 World Championships and the recent expansion of the Women's World Championships and Women's Olympic Tournaments from 8 to 10 teams? This is a super interesting one. My gut reaction is no. Okay. Um, partially because, like, I just... I don't know if... All of women's hockey can support that. Has large enough numbers to support that. Yeah. You know, in North America, we might be able to. And maybe, like, Finland and Sweden. Maybe Switzerland could. But I don't think that women's hockey is large enough worldwide to be able to support a U18, U20, and a senior league team. Mm -hmm. We're already seeing teams that have trouble putting out competitive senior league teams, so why add another layer there? Here's what I'd rather see instead. We've been seeing a lot of stuff this summer. Like, with Team USA specifically, they've been having their... Excuse me. There are U16, 17, U15 camps. The IIHF recently held like a development thing where they had players from teams around the world come and like train together. And they had referees from around the world train together. There are like women who want to be coaches who were there to learn about how to be a coach and like gaining knowledge that they can then take back to their home countries and like teach other players. So I'd like to see maybe some more development stuff from the IIHF. So instead of, like, a tournament, host more, like, U20 camps where you can, like, get a bunch of the top elite players who are under 20 together to talk about nutrition and training and stuff like that that they can then go back and talk to their other teammates about so that Mm -hmm. we can – because I agree with you, Michelle. I think we're not at a point where we have eight teams – who, like, like the, and that gap between the U18 and U20 is so small. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, we're not at a place yet where I think it makes a lot of sense to do a U20 team. Like, if, you, if you're good enough after the U18s, you're just going to go to your senior team. Exactly. Especially in women's hockey where, like, it's just, it, it, 
it just doesn't uh i don't know we're not we're not there yet yeah maybe in 10 years we're there maybe even in five but i i don't think we're there yet and I think that the expansion of this, the World Championships and the Olympic tournaments is, like, a good first step. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's showing that there is growth. But, like, with the U-20s, I think we need to wait a little bit before we see another one. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one for this week, Matt Smith at DrakeSmith12 on Twitter. Uh, of the Olympic team, of the U.S. Olympic team, only Brant, Steckline, Cameron Easy, and Hensley have signed so far. Do you expect the whole team to return? to the pro leagues or do you expect retirements and i think it's also important to note that so far brant stuckline cameron easy and hensley um have all signed in the nwhl so far do i expect them all to go to the nwhl no do i expect them all to come back and also no Mm-hmm. But I don't expect them necessarily to retire. I think we're going to see some retirements. Although I guess I don't know if we're going to see them now. Like, Marvin, I think I could see retiring. Duggan, maybe. We've talked about this a lot. Like, Bellamy, maybe. But I think some of them maybe want to try and play on the national team for as long as they can. I think you talked about this, Michelle, maybe this past weekend when we were just talking, that some of them might retire from pro leagues, but not from the national team, or, like, take a year off after the Olympics, because, like, that's a long, it's a long schedule. Like, you're in centralization for six months, and then you go and you play in the Olympics, which is a a tournament that's really condensed. So, like, taking a year off, these players could, like, they deserve it. That's what I think to me. I think we may not see retirements, but players taking some time off a season, not 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 training, but not playing in a professional league. Like some of them have been grinding and going for so long, and that's just exhausting yeah. mentally, physically, emotionally. You know, relationships outside of hockey suffer. I think we see some players take a year off, even if to consider what they want their next move to be. That w- that wouldn't shock me, and I think yeah, I think some of the younger players are going to stay because like there's been less of that, and like the players that have signed, Brant, Stackline, Cameron Easy, Hensley, are on the younger end of that oh, spectrum. Yeah. Like so, and some of the players are like Caleb Barnes is going back to college, Matty Rudy's going back to college. So like some um, of, Callie Flanagan and it, Megan Keller. Yep, yep. So, like, we'll see them go back to their college teams. I think it's going to be the older players. It's going to be the Duggins, the Bellamy's, the Marvins. That it, it wouldn't shock me if the they Falzers. took the year off. The Falzer. God, what? How old is she? I think she's my age, but I still see her taking a year off. I don't know why. I guess. That, I guess it wouldn't shock me. For some reason, she and, I could be totally wrong about this, but Megan Duggan take a season off. Paul is only a year older than me. 93. Mm. So, 25. Yeah, I don't know. I just... That's my gut. She went Nothing back to, else. She went, if she goes back to Buffalo, though, that is a big boost. Not, I mean, not yeah. that... 
like Buffalo's already doing pretty well, but like she's a good anchor on that blue line. Especially, I don't know that we see Bozik come back to that team after her year with Markham. Oh, I think Bozik stays in Markham. She's been doing like camps up in Canada, like youth camps up in Canada too. Yeah. I think we see her stay up there, especially because, and we've talked about this before, she was up there before centralization. Um, yeah. So we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have questions that you want us to answer, send tweet them at Michelle and I using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Michelle, what is your Twitter handle? At Michelle underscore J-A-Y-3. And, and yours is? Do you know what? Hannah underscore Beavis1. Yeah. So tweet those at us and use the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Also tweet us your start bench cuts, three players uh, that you want to see who we would start, who we would bench, who we would cut. Um, also your let's dump Hannah's. Um, my DMs are open. You can send them to me, but also to Michelle. Um, we are on Patreon. Uh, if you support us already, thank you. Uh, if you don't, there's some good bonus content, extra interviews, extra photos, lots of cool stuff. Um, every little bit helps because we're trying to get new mics and support the time and effort that goes into creating the best podcast that we can for you guys. Um, what else? Is that, uh, is that it? What am I forgetting? I feel like that was shorter than usual. Twitter, Patreon. No, I think that was all. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, cool. Maybe, sure. we're just, maybe we're just actually getting more like efficient at this. Um... This we're this is supposed to come out on Thursdays. This might be a little late this week because we're recording a little late this week, but I will try my best to finish it so we can at least get it up tomorrow night, which isn't going to matter that I'm saying this because by the time it's out, it will already be out. So I'm just going to cut all that. <laughs> because by the time it's out, it'll already be out. Yeah. Right. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, so the other big CWHL news, which was what we were going to lead with before the Brandon news dropped, was that Vanky... That is, was terrifying. Yeah, that's a train. Again, living right next to the train tracks. Um, the other CWHL... Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait till it goes past. It's trying to interrupt. <laughs> It's like it's yelling at me.